We've been doing a little Christmas series called The Light, and we're really finding and searching for Messiah inside the menorah, which is this right here. Do you guys see it? You see the menorah pretty well? So tonight I'm actually going to be teaching to the kids. We're going to go really deep. I hope your parents and grandparents can handle it. Okay? I'm going to be teaching you guys. They may or may not learn something tonight, but I know y'all can go there. Right? You guys are world changers. You're the history. Right? I mean the future. You're the future. Some of, some of my kids are my history. So for the past couple of weeks, Tony's covered, and you can go back and listen. Please do in the series, The Light. But he covered um, the material of the menorah, which is gold. And that points um, to Jesus and his value and the purity of who he is, right? And then last week, he talked about the method of this beautiful piece of furniture that's in the tabernacle and in the temple and is a symbol of Israel today and how it was a beaten work, a hammered work. And this thing, this huge menorah that would have been in the temple, taller than all of you guys, even taller than me, it was one big lump of gold that the Holy Spirit inspired a man to make, but he could only use a hammer and some tools. He couldn't melt that gold and put it into molds and make the shape. He had to keep hammering it until it came into that shape. It was a beaten work. And we know that that points to the life and the ministry of Jesus, right? He was beaten and bruised for our transgressions, wasn't he? For our sins. And so the method of how it's even made points to Jesus, right? But today we're going to look at the model, okay? The model, the shape. Why all the branches? Why the shape of this? And last week, Pastor Tony talked about the almond blossoms, And the symbolism of those almond blossoms, go back and listen, I hope that you will, and how those almond blossoms were a sign of divine approval of God. But tonight we're going to talk about these almond blossoms and the intricacy of that and the branches and how it points to our need to be connected to him, to be connected to Jesus. Now our scripture is Exodus 25, 31, and it'll be up there, you guys, You avid readers, go ahead. I know y'all been reading Exodus in your free time. It says, make a lampstand of pure gold, the lampstand and its base and its shaft. So that middle shaft, you guys see it? That middle branch thing down the middle, okay? Make it, it's to be a hammered work. It's cups and it's bulbs. It's flowers shall be one piece with it, all of it. Again, this wasn't little pieces that were then... Uh, welded together. It's one solid piece. Six branches shall go out from its sides, three on one side and three on the other. And it's so clear to see that Christ is that vine. He is that center shaft. John 15, 5 says this. This is what Jesus said. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. But apart from me, you're not going to be able to do much. And we're going to come back to that. Apart from the vine, the branches weren't going to be able to produce much. And we see here in this passage of scripture that we are also the branches. Christ is the vine. We are the branches. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. How many of you guys know this song? Do you know this song? This little light of mine? I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. Hide it under a bushel? No. He's saying this. Jesus actually wrote that song. Y'all probably didn't realize it, but he did. He wrote a lot of our songs, okay? 
But it says, you wouldn't put a lamp under a basket? Would you hide it? No, you wouldn't do that. But you're going to put it on the lampstand, and it's going to give light to all who are in the house. Aren't you glad you have light in your house? What if you had to walk around in the dark? You wouldn't like it. You're glad to have light. Let your light shine in such a way that men may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. They need to see the light that's shining inside of you. They, the light inside of you glorifies your Father, Jesus, Father God in heaven. So you know what this menorah is? This menorah is another way that God shows his desire for fellowship with us, right? It's to fellowship with us, but our need to be connected to him. You got to be connected to God. Got to be Right there with him. It says in Exodus 25, six branches shall go out. Okay? Three and three. Do you see? There's three on one side and there's three on another side. Did you guys know in Bible numerology, the number six is the number of man. So the number of man is six, but the number of one is God. Six plus one equals what? Seven. Seven. That's how many lights are on there. Six plus one is seven. Seven is the number of perfection, of completeness. It's wholeness. Did you know man separated from God can never be whole, can never be complete? But look at what the menorah shows us. Six plus one, we're going to have some connection right there. We're going to have some wholeness. And that's why Jesus said this in John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you're going to bear a lot of fruit. You're going to produce some fruit. But apart from him, you're not going to be able to produce the fruit. You can do nothing. Did you know one of Jesus' favorite words was the word minnow? Not minnow. Not like a little minnow. Minnow. Say it. Minnow. Minnow. Good. And in the New Testament, it's in the Greek. That's a language I don't think any of y'all speak yet. Okay? Anyone speak Greek? No? Nope. Maybe someday. Do you know that it means this? The word minnow means to remain or to stay. It means to abide. Okay, so when he says abide in me, he's saying minnow in me, remain in me, stay in me. And you know what this is doing? It's describing a profound and intimate, enduring relationship. That's what Jesus is describing. Remain in me. It's this profound, it's intimate, it's an enduring relationship. And do you know what it's defining? It's defining connectivity. Be connected to me. Hear this. The Hebrew, which was Old Testament, the Hebrew root word of menorah is also mino. And that means to shine. So in the Greek, it means to abide. And in the Hebrew, it means to shine. And look at what happens there. The fruit of the branches. I want you guys to look at this. If you had to guess, what's the fruit of these branches connected to that center shaft, Jesus? What's it producing? What is this menorah producing? Yeah? You are so ahead of me. You should preach. He said fruits of the Spirit. Look at this. What is, what's the fruit of the menorah? What does it produce? Apples. Apples? No. <laughs> I am going to, they are so ahead of me. Yeah. Oh, dreamer. What? It does produce the Holy Spirit. Also, I'm going to hit on that. These guys are amazing. What's the fruit of Max? Light. Hey, give this guy a hand. That's awesome. The fruit of the branches 
produce light. Look at that. That's what they're producing right here. Did you guys know the fruit of abiding in Christ is light? And we're to be a light unto the nations, right? We're to be a light. Do you know we're supposed to be known and identified? We're supposed to be recognized by our fruit? Who said fruit of the Spirit? One of you brilliant kids. Galatians 5.22. Is it the fruit of Jace? No. Is it the fruit of Melissa? Uh, so I can't really produce my own fruit. It's the fruit of what? Of the Spirit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. They're on it. Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And we cannot produce that apart from Christ. So I want you to look at this picture. Jonathan's going to put up there. There's a picture of a menorah. We're using candles here. They're efficient and effective. But you know the original model used oil. That's oil in those cups. Do you see those cups? Do you see the flames? That's oil. And the oil always means the Holy Spirit, right? And it's that Holy Spirit, us connected to Christ and the Holy Spirit in us that's going to help produce that fruit. It's not the fruit of Melissa. It's not the fruit of Sam. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Isn't that right? So I'm always kind of promoting this author, Andrew Murray. You guys hopefully have read Humility over and over and over. Who's, who's read Humility? The book that I... Look at that. I'm so proud of y'all. Well, here's another one for you, Christmas list. The True Vine, one of my favorite studies on John 15. He says this, What a simple thing it is to be a branch, the branch of a tree or the branch of a vine. The branch grows out of the vine or out of the tree, and there it lives, and it grows, and in due time it's going to produce fruit. It has no responsibility except to receive the sap and nourishment from the root and the stem. And if only we knew by the Holy Spirit about our relationship to Jesus, our work would be changed into the brightest and most heavenly thing on earth. The Holy Spirit is like that sap, right? That helps us to, to live the life God's called us to live and to produce the fruit that he has called us to produce. So somebody, they were looking ahead and they saw this I think you guys can identify what this is, right? It is. No trick questions here. I cut it open already because I wanted to make sure it wasn't GMO and didn't have seeds. So, um, but it does. Do you see those seeds inside of there? Yeah. Seeds, you ever eat those? In some cultures, they just eat the whole thing, but we're spoiled here. Listen, if I take this seed out of this apple right here and I plant it into the dark ground, right? What's going to happen? It's going to grow some roots, right? First, it's going to grow some roots. Down deep in those dark places, it's going to grow some roots. Yeah. It's going to grow an apple tree. How do you know that this apple seed is going to grow an apple tree? How do you know that? Because it's from an apple. These people are going to change the world. This is our future, not our history. Our future. You know what? You're right. When we plant this seed in the ground, do we expect that carrots are going to hang from the tree? No. We don't. They do. When we plant this seed, we expect the fruit to come from this seed. We expect an apple. And do you know it's no different with God? He expects that when we abide in him, that we're going to produce the fruit that he's planted inside of us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Isn't that cool to think about? Listen to what Ephesians 5, 8, and 9 says. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. 
So live as people of the light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Parents, I hope you're listening. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of abiding in Christ produces that which is good and right and true. That's the fruit of our lives, not just the list of the, Holy, of the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 5 says this, For you are all children of the light, children of the day. I'm prophetically speaking that over every single kid at Soma Church. You guys are children of the light, children of the day. You are not of the night. You are not of darkness in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. That is right. Listen to this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we're lying. No lying. No lying. And we're not living out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's a good thing. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Isn't that good news, you guys? Walking in the light. The fruit of that, but also that we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. So guys, we're going to take communion in just a minute. And I know these kids are familiar with communion, right? The bread and the wine juice. It's not real wine. It's juice, okay? So you guys are familiar with these things, right? You're going to get to take communion in just a minute with your parents. Did you know these weren't just random things that Jesus used to illustrate a lesson? It is true that when Jesus walked around and he was teaching, if you read through the Gospels, he just uses the things around him. That's how we even have the story of the vine. He's walking through and he's teaching and he's using illustrations as he goes about to teach his disciples. Parents, that's a great technique in discipling our own kids with the things that are around us to use the lessons that God's given us in them, right? He was very intentional about these two things, guys. We're almost done. He's very intentional about these two things. And the Hebrews had been doing it for thousands of years. I want you to listen to what, John, what Jesus said. You're listening? These are Jesus' words, so listen up. I'm telling you the most solemn and sober truth now. Solomon sober truth. It's not like he hadn't been telling the truth, but he wanted them to tune in right here. He wants them to hear what he has to say. Whoever believes in me has real life, has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna bread. Remember the manna bread that came down and was there in the morning. They ate that, but they died. That was just bread for their bodies. He says, but now here, this is Jesus talking. Now here is bread that truly comes down out of heaven. Anyone eating this bread will not die ever. You're never going to die. I am the bread, living bread. He's repeating himself. Do your parents ever repeat themselves? You know why? They want you to listen. They want you to hear what they have to say. This was important. He said it a couple of times. I am the living bread who came down out of heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. Is it magical matzah? No. No. The bread that I present to the world so that it can eat and live is myself, my flesh and blood, self. Jesus was using these as illustrations. Hey, where does, where does bread come from? What? Yeast. Well, yeast. Actually, this has no yeast in it. He was without sin. Okay. 
Do you know bread comes from what? Wheat. Yeah. This is the fruit of wheat. Did you know that? Jesus said, if a kernel of seed remains a kernel of seed, it's not going to do much. But he said, that kernel of seed has to go into the ground and die, and then it'll produce much fruit. Do you know for us to get bread, we have to take those seeds of wheat, those wheat berries, and we have to grind them and crush them to turn it into flour to make our bread. Jesus says, that's me. I am the bread of life. Did you know he was born in Bethlehem? It means house of bread. You can't make this stuff up. I know. Bread of life. So he's like, I am that. I had to go into the ground. There's no yeast in here. He was without sin. Right? But what about this? What is this the fruit of? Blood, that is the symbolism. We're not going to drink blood tonight, but... Yeah, what is this? Grapes. Grapes. Grapes had to grow on the vine, but grapes taste good, but these had to be crushed, didn't they? They had to be squeezed, and it had to be poured out for us to have the fruit. And he uses these two beautiful symbols for us to remember the things that we see. Do you know he's engaging all five senses when we take communion, which is super cool. The things that we see and we're smelling, right? We're going to taste it. All these things at the communion table, these are fruit. Have you ever thought of it that way? That bread and wine are the fruit of something? Jesus says to do these things in remembrance of him. And really, you know what we're doing when we take communion? We're eating the fruit of his obedience. That's what we're doing. And what an amazing way to end a Christmas service and by going and taking communion.